everybody. How y'all doing today? It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Now, um, we're in a, in a, when I come back up for announcements later, we're going to have a prayer because just this morning coming to church, we learned of several people that are not feeling well today. They got this head cold thing that's going around. You can hear I was fighting a little bit. I'm coming out of it. So we're going to pray for everybody, and we're going to pray for some names in a little bit. So we're going to believe God's going to touch them and get them back to church here. So uh, you can see so many people are out today. So but we're going to pray for them a little bit. But I just want to open up this morning with Psalm chapter number 47 because there is an attitude of the house that I want us to have. And it's an attitude of celebration and something we've been talking about a little bit but let me let me read to you psalm 47. it says clap your hands all peoples shout to the lord with loud songs of joy for the lord the most high is to be feared a great king over all the earth he subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet and talking about israel of course he chose our heritage for us, the, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout, and the Lord with the sound of the trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our king, sing praises. For the God is the king over all the earth, sing praise, praises with a song. God reigns over the nations, God sits on his holy throne. The princes of people gathered together as the people of God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. Amen. So the writer of, of that psalm, is he said, we're, we're singing praises to God because of the victory of God, right? But how many know that we, as believers in Jesus and faith in him, have the victory of God? Amen. So the kingdom of God, because of the victory of God, is a place of what? Celebration, right? So when we come to church, church is a time when we gather together, as the scriptures say, to be equipped in the things of God. But we worship together in unity because he is God. But part of our time together should always be celebration. Why? Well, Sunday. Sunday is the day that we know uh, and we believe that Jesus rose from the dead. It's the victory of God. It's in the resurrection of Jesus that we stand. So we come together, as the psalmist says, that we clap our hands, we shout to the Lord, we sing praises. There is a, you can put it this way. First of all, by the way, celebration never ends up just being quiet. Do you hear what I just said? Celebration is not just quiet. But when you're celebrating to the Lord, it just comes out. But then because we are our physical beings, we're, we're spiritual, but we're physical, the celebration shows up in what we do with our bodies. Is that right? There's expressions of our praise, and the Bible says, clap your hands. It's, it, it, is, it is a noise from your body that's exalting God. You sing praises. So you have a voice, right? You sing praises to God. So... So when we're celebrating together, you just don't stand out here and just kind of mouth the words. You sing praises. And if you're like me, even if you can't sing, that's okay. Sing your praises, right? But we're exalting God in celebration. It's not a quiet thing, but it's something we do in unity together because we're celebrating the victory of God, and it's a victory for our lives. Amen. So. 
coming together, church on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., you're waking up, right? You're, you're kind of shaking yourself loose a little bit. And we come to celebrate, to worship, to get into the word together. Because we're the people of God who stand in the victory of God. And we celebrate that victory for our life. Amen? Amen. All right, let's all jump up on feet today. Look around, say hi to somebody real quick, and we'll get into our celebration this morning.
Thank you, Father, for nothing is too heavy for you. Hallelujah. I search the world.
you here at Only Believe right here in Urbana. If you're new, we'd love to get to know you a little better. There's some get to know you cards right in front of you. Go around and greet some of your family of faith this morning.
right. Well, it's good to have you today. I don't know about you, but I'm always excited to come together with our family of faith. We consider y'all family if you didn't know that. And we're glad that you're here. Um, we're going to take up our tithes and offerings. So if you have something to give uh, and you can get that ready, there's envelopes in the chairs in front of you. If there's not one and you want one, you can raise your hand around. One of our ushers will help you out. We're glad you're here, but we're, we're, even beyond that, we're just glad that God is with us and God is for us and God is working for our good. Amen. And nothing can separate you from his love. We believe that. So as we give today, we know we're giving in faith and we're living a life of faith. And God is just, he's growing us and he's leading us and he's guiding us. And that we live in step with the spirit. Amen. I'm going to pray over tithes and offerings. So if you do have something, you can bring it down this morning. Lord, we just thank you for an opportunity to give today, Lord, that you are a provider and we're living in faith in your provision, Lord. As we give of our tithes and our offerings today, Lord, it's a response to the goodness of who you are response to the provision of our our lives the increase that that you are so faithful to us lord and and we just want to grow in our faithfulness to you lord to be like you in response to who you are so as we give today we, we give in faith lord because we simply believe in you and we thank you for all all your blessings in our lives in jesus name everybody says if you have something today bring it on down and i got uh small handful of announcements today don't forget every monday night from six to seven we got church-wide prayer right here so uh it, I, I by the way there, there are some of you that are so faithful to come to this church every monday and pray and i appreciate you because your prayers mean so much for our church and our community so thank you so much for your prayers you guys are incredible but if you've ever been to church-wide prayer, it's an open thing. It's not a closed group. So everybody's welcome to come and pray. What happens is they, they start off with individual prayer. Then at the end, they come together and pray together. So church-wide prayer every Monday from 6 to 7. And then this coming Saturday, uh, our Sunshine uh, Nursing Home Outreach has got an outreach. So it's at, at 10 a.m. Uh, now, Vinny's not here today, but if you have questions about that, you can ask me. But this Sunday, or Saturday, I'm sorry, it's Saturday the 18th, 10 a.m., uh, we'll be doing an outreach at one of our local nursing homes. And then next Sunday, a week from today, uh, Next Steps is right after church. So if you're interested in church membership or even beyond that, just what our church is about, uh, kind of how we go about the, uh, what we do, what we hear, do here at Only Believe. Uh, that's next Sunday right after church, so it's about church membership. Uh, what we'll do is we'll, we'll bring a little food in and, and spend a little time together. So if you're interested in being here for that, let Margo know so we, we can prep for that. So Next Steps, it's what it's called. That's next Sunday right after church. And then a couple more things. Uh, we're continuing to grow our small groups in our church. Uh, right now we do have some ladies small groups that meet uh, if you're a lady and you've missed that and you weren't a part of our sign up or you did sign up it didn't work out for you to time and you want to be a part of our ladies small groups that meet there's a sign up at the back table and guys we're ready to kick off our small groups so if you're interested in being a part of a small group uh get your name on that once you do that you'll get more information we're ready to let that uh get going so small groups are an important part of what we do here and uh, so if you're interested in that sign up in the back and last but not least 
If you're a part of Kids Church, we have a meeting right after church for about 20 minutes. So once we dismiss, we'll kind of gather everybody right over here. And for about 20 minutes, we'll just go over some stuff. So Kids Church meeting today. And uh, we love our Kids Church workers because we love our kids. And we believe in, in our, our kids and the future of our church. Amen. So having said that, let's get our Bibles out, the book of John. And uh, we are in a series on the Holy Spirit. But as we do that, let's pray today. So as I said at the beginning of service, uh, we know several people are not feeling well. So I know Patsy's not feeling well, so Bill's home with her today. And Rick's not feeling well, so Tish is home with him today. I know the McNeely's are not feeling the best. Um, Vinny's not feeling well. That's why she's not here today. Um, who am I missing? I know Sharon hasn't been here because her dad hasn't been doing the best, so Sharon's been home with, with her dad watching him, and, and that's just who I know. So several people aren't feeling well. they got this head cold thing that i am actually been dealing with for a little bit here. So uh, let, let's just pray. Let's pray. We bear one another's burdens, amen, and we lift up those that uh, today aren't feeling well. So if they made it on live stream, uh, we're glad you're with us, but let's, let's pray. Lord, uh, for, for all those that aren't feeling well, we just pray. And stand in the fact that you're our great physician. You are the healer of our bodies, Lord. And we just pray that you touch them, Lord. And, and, and Holy Spirit, touch them and, and, and relieve them of, of whatever the symptoms are, whatever's dragging them down, whatever's going on. You know more than we do about it, Lord. So we just pray for complete healing. Release them from it. Get them back to just doing whatever they want to do, normal life, and, and, and that we see them back here at church. So we, we're, we're waiting to see them back to hear what you have done for them. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Amen. All right. The book of John, the Holy Spirit. So we as a church, not just as this church, but the history of the church, we believe in, in Father, Son, Holy Spirit. One God. Three persons, three workings. It, it's not, by the way, a little technical uh, way of looking at it. It's not what's called modalism. Okay, modalism is that God uh, is as God, but when, when uh, Jesus came, then God became Jesus. But there's no father and son, but he, or spirit, but he's Jesus. And then, then when Jesus ascended and the spirit comes, now he's spirit, and there's no father, son. It's not changing forms. We believe in one God in three persons in three distinct workings. So Father, Son, Spirit exist at the same time. Together in unity, co-eternal, not separate, but separate persons in working. So in other words, you think through that and you go, wow, okay, that, that's some working through. You can read hundreds of pages of theology about the doctrine of the Trinity. Uh, that's why it's called one of the paradoxes of our faith. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, and we're thankful for the, the heavy lifting of, of doctrinal theology of the early church that set this out for us. Um, so the doctrine of the Trinity, though, you'll never find the word Trinity in the Bible. It's not there. The doctrine of the Trinity comes from the witness of Scripture. And it's pulled from that to a doctrine that we understand as Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So as, as uh, the creed says that, that we often play at the beginning of our service, the Nicene Creed, uh, that we believe in one God, and then certainly we believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, and it all ends, uh, or not ends, but in there it says, and in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father, 
who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified and who spoke by the prophets. So we stand in the affirmation of the history of the church of the doctrine of the Trinity. Amen. That's just some theological working right there. But we find in the scriptures, the working of the Holy Spirit, we, we find involvement in creation. In the beginning it was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's John 1, pulling from Genesis 1-1, which says, uh, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the Spirit of God hovered. Notice that now right there is the Holy Spirit, right in the very beginning of the Bible. Amen. And the working of the Holy Spirit, as we find in the witness of Scripture, takes us to Jesus... As, as, by the way, as we know, uh, Mary was overshadowed by who? At the conception of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. It's the working of God. God in flesh comes from the working of God and the activity of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is born. The life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, the introduction of the kingdom of God, and it certainly culminates with, with his crucifixion and then his resurrection. Then Jesus spends time before he ascends, but then he does ascend, right? And scripturally, Jesus ascends, and then he promises to send who? The Holy Spirit. So since the ascension of Jesus, you can say this, the activity of God in the world is the activity of the Holy Spirit. What God is doing in this world, since the ascension of Jesus, the activity of God is the activity of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So last week we were in, in John chapter 14. Let's just go back there. John chapter 14. We'll start to parse this out a little bit. And verse number 15. This is where we were a little bit last week. Let's just let's go back there real quick. John 14, 15. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. As we said last week, that's a whole series by itself. But that's what we're talking about today. In verse 16, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another helper to be with you, notice that word, forever, even the spirit of truth. So that word for helper right there, the Greek word is paraclete, it has a lot of uh, connotations. So translations pick up the different connotations. So the ESV, which we're reading here, says the word helper there. Other translations say comforter. Some translations say counselor. Uh, it carries the connotation of, of, of advisor, advocate. So a lot of different ways that word can, can go in the context. So the Holy Spirit sent to the world, he's a helper to you. He's a counselor to you. He is your advocate. He is here for you. It's the spirit of truth. Amen. And notice that Jesus said, and he's going to be with you forever. In other words, to the end of this age. The Holy Spirit is with you in this world. And I like what it goes on to say in verse 18. If you want to jump down there. Verse number 18 of John chapter 14. says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, Jesus ascends and he leaves, right? But he's saying, but I'm not leaving you alone as I would leave an orphan. But I, the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to be with you. You are not left alone. The Spirit is here with you. So since the ascension of Jesus, the work of the Holy Spirit in the world, and we're going to get to this in a minute, is in the fact that he is the convictor. He brings conviction to the world. That's where we're going to center today. Where we're going to go next week is 
when it comes to salvation, he is the one who regenerates you spiritually. As we talked a little bit last week, we're going to bring it back up next week. He is your seal. He marks you. You are God's, and that is the seal of the Holy Spirit. Then in that, then, he is continuing to lead you in all truth. We'll talk a little bit about that today. And then there is a subsequent work of salvation called the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2. We'll get to that in a couple weeks. So in other words, everything that is happening in this world as it pertains to God is the activity of the Holy Spirit. It's important that we know these things. So, John chapter 14. Let's, let's get into today. And verse number 26 and 27 now, John chapter 14, by the way, I would encourage you to read all of chapter 14, all of chapter 15, all of chapter 16. And Jesus is saying a lot of different things in these chapters, but interwoven in the whole thing is he keeps bringing up the Holy Spirit. So, so in chapter 14, he brings up the Holy Spirit in a couple spots. In, in chapter 15, he does it again. Chapter 16, he does it more. While he's saying other things, he keeps bringing up the Holy Spirit. The book of John, the gospel of John, is one of the great resources we draw about the activity of the Holy Spirit. So the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the first three, Matthew, Mark, Luke, are called the synoptic gospels. Why? Because they're very similar. They tell a lot of the same stories, a lot of the same dialogue. Then you have the book of John, and John, like, does his own thing, and we're thankful for it. And, and John is, is historically called the maverick gospel because he's just doing his own thing. So you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, they're doing the kind of same thing. And here comes John, and John says a lot of different things. So we draw so much about the activity of the Holy Spirit from the gospel of John. So John chapter 14, verse number 26. Again, here, here is uh, kind of going with what we were reading just a minute ago in the beginning of chapter 14. But the helper, again, there's that word paraclete, counselor, uh, comforter, and so forth. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. So the Holy Spirit comes in the name of Jesus. Now watch this. He will teach you all things and bring you remembrance all the things that I have said or all that I have said. Now, you got to think about it this way. So, scripturally... Jesus does what he does. He comes and he says things like, I am the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. And, and now we start to nuance what this means. So you have the, the history of Israel and the law that was given to them. And you have what the prophets spoke according to the law and leading forward. And Jesus comes and proclaims, I'm the fulfillment of all this stuff. But in the New Testament, when they talk scripturally, they're leaning back to what we have scripturally Old Testament-wise. Because why? The New Testament didn't exist. It wasn't there. Now, we're thankful that we have it. And we're thankful that God inspired the written testimony of the New Testament. We're thankful for the working of the Holy Spirit in the history of the church, of bringing us what we have as the closed canon of our scriptures. But what we have as the testimony of the scriptures in the New Testament did not exist. So when Jesus is saying, look, when he comes... He's going to teach you things and remind you all the stuff that, that who said? Who said? Jesus said, right? So the Holy Spirit is the bridge of Jesus leading, then reminding and teaching the early church what it means to be a Christian. And it bridges that gap of, of, of that time where there's no what we would call scripture to the place that we come to a New Testament scripture. 
But the work of the Holy Spirit in teaching and reminding doesn't stop because he is the one that continually enlightens us in the scriptures. So in other words, I hope you all read your Bible, right? Somehow, someway, get into the Bible. But the best thing you can do is when you crack the book open is pray, Holy Spirit, help me understand. Because he is the one who teaches and guides and reminds us what Jesus said. Now, thankfully, we have a written scripture. But it's still the activity of the Holy Spirit to do that in us. Amen? So the Holy Spirit comes, and, and he is teaching us, he's reminding us the things that Jesus said. Now, watch this, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Now, watch this. Think about this. So Jesus has come, and, he, and he's doing these great miracles, right? And he's teaching, and the way he's teaching, it's bringing something that people are identifying. He's coming with an authority that we have not seen. There, there's something happening here, right? And, and there are people that are stating, is this the one who we've been waiting for? Is, is he the Messiah? And, and they start thinking scripturally what the Messiah would fulfill. And then all of a sudden, it, it all comes to a head and he's killed. And everybody's like, yep, I don't think he's the one. Because certainly the Messiah is not going to be killed. He's going to liberate us. He's not going to be killed. He's going to overthrow Roman rule. And, and it just kind of threw everything in confusion. Then this wonderful miracle, this, this incredible thing, he's raised from the dead. And there's witnesses to that, right? And by the way, uh, this whole teaching and, and leading of the Holy Spirit as the early church eyewitnesses of Jesus are beginning to die off, right? That started to happen. And, and these letters that we find as our New Testament scriptures are being circulated, it is the work of the Holy Spirit to uphold first-person eyewitness to those as the first eyewitnesses are dying, if that makes sense. And he holds the truth and the teachings of Jesus in through the, what we find in our scriptures into what we believe today. But... As Jesus is raised, then certainly he ascends. Now, this is confusing again because, well, we didn't think the Messiah would be killed. Now he was killed. But then he rose from the dead. Wow, and there's witnesses to it. And he's teaching. He's with them for a time. And now he's saying, hey, I'm going to take off. Now, this would be confusing. Wait a minute. What do you mean? Where are you going? And Jesus ascends, but, but he's letting them know right here, even though I am going, it's okay. Peace be with you. Don't let your heart be troubled, even if I am not here any longer. Jesus saying that. Because as we're about to see, who is coming to you, as a matter of fact, it's better that he comes than for me to be with you. You think that, well, I would rather have Jesus here in physical form. But no, he's saying it's better that I go. As a matter of fact, when I go, you hearts may be troubled all over again. Because they, they just went through this whole thing of Jesus being killed. Then you got what we call Holy Saturday, the confusion of it, right? Then, then you have Resurrection Sunday, and, and even people not really believing, like Thomas, he wasn't sure. And it's a whole big confusion, right? But then all of a sudden, they become to the, come to the place where they're believing that Jesus was raised from the dead. Now you can imagine the joy. Man, what's going to happen now? What's he going to do? Where are we headed? Then after a time period, you say, hey, I'm out of here. And you can think all this confusion all over again. But he's saying, look. 
peace be with you. Don't let your heart be troubled, even though I'm going somewhere. Now, understand, we just read that the Spirit would be with us for how long? Forever. Peace be with you. Don't let your heart trouble stand today as much as it did to the disciples then. Why? Because the Holy Spirit that was sent is still with us. So no matter what is happening in our world, and you think about this. Become a good historian. Because if you start looking at history and objectively, you'll see the world's been through a lot of stuff. There's been trouble happening all this time because of sin. And it's the world and the history of mankind just does a lot of this right here. The entire time, the Holy Spirit has been here. And for those who are in him, who have been regenerated by him, who are marked with him, you can stand back and say, no matter where you're at in the history of time, peace be with you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Why? The comforter, the counselor, your advocate, your advisor is here. And he's personal to you. Amen. So one thing that we can see and we can, we can proclaim because of the activity of the Holy Spirit in this world is that we can have peace and comfort and not let our heart be troubled. Because in all this, he's teaching us and he's reminding us and he's taking us somewhere. If we'll learn to live by the Spirit and stay in step with the Spirit. Right? Okay, so let's jump to, to John chapter 15. Verse 26. Again, this is all interwoven with chapters 14, 15, and 16 of the, of the Gospel of John. John chapter 15, verse 26. But when the Helper comes, and of course it's, it's again, Counselor, uh, Comforter, and so forth. Whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father. He will bear witness to me. In other words... One of the activities of the Holy Spirit in the world is he bears witness to Jesus. Now, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. The spirit of truth, as Jesus calls him so much, will remind you of the truth. And who is the truth of our salvation? Jesus. So one of the works of the Holy Spirit in this world, and we'll talk about how he does that in just a minute, is to bear witness to Jesus to remind us of Jesus, what Jesus said, what he taught, and certainly centered on the fact that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody finds salvation, or in other words, the way to the Father, except through who? Jesus. And the Holy Spirit's in the world doing that. He is constantly in the activity of reminding us that Jesus is the Savior of the world. He's in partnership, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So the spirit of truth, reminding us of who Jesus is, what Jesus was about, what he did, and the need of him for us. All right, John 16, verse number 5. So this is sort of the bigger text of where we're heading today. John chapter 15 and, let's see, uh, I'm sorry, 16. I said 15. John 16, I'm sorry. 
John 16 and verse number 5. It says, but now I am going to him who sent me. Jesus is returning to the Father. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Again, it's what I was alluding to. He starts talking about leaving and confusion. They're, they're sorrowful. They're, why is this happening? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For I, if I do not go away, the helper, the, the comforter, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, now, again, think about this. We alluded to this last week. We'll bring this back up. Why is it good that Jesus leaves and the Holy Spirit comes? Because remember, Jesus is God in flesh. He's a person. Everything he did was local. If he was in Capernaum, then he was in Capernaum. And he was not in, in some other place. If he was by the Sea of Galilee, then he was by the Sea of Galilee and he was not somewhere else. So it was a very localized working of God. Amen. So he ascends. The Holy Spirit comes. Now the Holy Spirit is where? Everywhere. It's no longer localized, but everywhere. And the work of the Holy Spirit in conviction, which we'll get to in a minute, is all over the world. You realize right now, the Holy Spirit is actively working in our world, in this country, in the country south of us, in the country north of us, in the country across the sea to the east, in the country across the sea to the west. The Holy Spirit is everywhere. And that is good. Why? Because the work of God is for whoever would believe. Who brings people to a place of belief? The Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit works in what? Conviction. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is a worldwide work. We believe that. By the way, that, that is why, let me just say this, that, that is why you've got to be careful about categorizing other people that are not like you. Let that sink in for a second. There's, okay, so let me, let me just say this. I, I was... Uh, Maybe shake it up a little bit. I might shake you up with this right here. So we used to do this thing called God Moments on Friday nights over at the Botkins Church. And, and we did it for every two years on a Friday night. We were together for two or three hours, right? Crazy stuff. A lot of worship, some teaching. But I, I was teaching there, and uh, there used to be this song that was sung a lot, Oh, How He Loves Me. You guys remember that song? Yes. And I got up, I stopped the song, I said, let me ask you a question. Can a Muslim person sing, oh, how he loves me? And I literally looked at a whole bunch of people going, shaking their head no. And I went, okay, we got some work to do here, people. Does God love a Muslim person? Yes. As much as he loves who? Me, the Christian. Does God want that person saved? Yes, as much as he wants who saved? Me careful categorizing people, they become less than. The love of God in the work of the Holy Spirit is worldwide. It doesn't matter the color of the skin. It doesn't matter the kind of government they're under. It doesn't matter the lostness of their life at the moment. God desires for everybody to be saved. 
The reason it was good that Jesus left is because the worldwide work of the Holy Spirit come and is still working. Amen. So we, we've got to start thinking in the, in the manner of God is doing this in the world. And we want, I, it doesn't matter. You, you've got to start putting some of these categories away. Okay, we understand the lostness and the need of Jesus. But that's important. They're lost and they need Jesus. And the Holy Spirit's about that, right? And we need to pray this way and believe this way. And by the way, be a part of our prayers that we can participate in it. You can't actively be a part of the witness. Now, we, we stopped the verse short in, in a, a verse we just read. It, it said that the Holy Spirit bears witness to me, Jesus. And the next verse says, and you will be my witness or bear witness to me also. See, remember, the activity of the Holy Spirit in this world is God doing his work. But we're also called to be a light of the world ourselves. And you can't be alive in the world the stuff you hate or categorize as less than. The activity of God in the world is why? Because God loves the world. Is that true? Are we, are, are we to take on the nature of our God? So being a light of the world has to be because we start to learn to love our neighbor as ourselves, no matter what our neighbor is or looks like or acts like and, and whatever. But you can categorize your neighbor in such a way that you don't really care for him, and then how can you be a light to him if you, you see what I'm getting at? We believe in the activity of God. We participate with him in his work of redemption as a light Therefore, we have to be very careful how we view other people, no matter differences. Because God loves them as much as he loves you, desires your salvation as much as you believe you're saved. And we've got to participate in that work. Amen? All right. Sorry, a little side tangent there. Let's get, let's get back to this conviction thing. So where, we, where we let off. Okay, verse number eight. And when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he, the Holy Spirit, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world or the devil or the enemy is judged. So the general activity of the work of the Holy Spirit in the world is a work of conviction. How many ever been convicted by something? You, you felt convicted by the Holy Spirit. Okay. So conviction, a way to look at it is, it, it brings you to a place of inescapable awareness that may hold some guilt. In other words, the Holy Spirit convicts the world in regards to sin. How many know that sin is the problem? Capital T-H-E. How many know that? Why did Jesus come? deal with the sin problem, for, for, for there to be a, a right relationship with God that was lost because of sin. So the Holy Spirit is in the world convicting the world of sin, that they're lost in their sin, they need a Savior, and without Jesus, sin is a place of destruction. Amen. So when 
there's not belief in Jesus, then there's not a belief of a way out of our sin. When there's not belief in Jesus, often there is no awareness of sin, right? So the Holy Spirit's at work in this world convicting in regards to sin. It also says there that the Holy Spirit's in the world convicting in regards to righteousness. Righteousness is what we receive in our salvation, amen? Jesus is not with us any longer. The personal, physical example of righteousness is not here. But the work of the Holy Spirit is to convict in regards to righteousness. In other words, that there is a need of new life and then the life that is in it, true life and abundant life. And then he convicts in regards to judgment. Okay. A just God judges because of what? Sin. Sin brings judgment. This is an inescapable fact in the scriptures. We can't sugarcoat the scriptures and remove judgment from the scriptures. The world will be judged. The enemy has been judged. He was judged at the cross. Amen. There's a conviction of judgment without forgiveness. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit. So he convicts in regards to the fact there is sin. He convicts in regards to the fact there is righteousness and the need for it. And he convicts in regards to judgment. That without the forgiveness of sins, there is judgment from God. Now, the fact of judgment is there, but the fact that God so loved the world, he's providing the way out of the judgment. Amen. And we stand in that. So the general working of the Holy Spirit in the world is a working of conviction. He's active in it. Conviction for believers and non-believers. Now, let me just say this. You're a light of the world, right? It is not your job to convict the world. When you try to convict the world, you try to do the work of the Holy Spirit. Your job is to share the gospel. It's his job to bring conviction with the gospel. It's your God, job to be a, a loving light to the world. It's his job to bring conviction. You can't convict the world of salvation as a person. You can't tell them how bad they are, how much they need Jesus, how lost they are. You call out their sin and, and try to make yourself in a place of judgment. Not your job. Your job is to say, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's the job of the Holy Spirit to convict them that it's true. You can't convict them, nor can you save them. You can't, you, it's not your job to regenerate a person spiritually. Can't do it. Not possible. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Our job to be a light and to share Jesus. As it says with the light of the world, that they may see your good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. That praise comes because with it comes the conviction of the Holy Spirit to draw them to Jesus and to the Father. Amen. So you've got to know your place. I, I think sometimes we, we, we look at the losses of the world, we mourn the lossing of the world, that, that's the proper way of going about it. And sometimes it's agitating, and you get upset, get angry at some of it, right? And I think sometimes in that, the way we approach things kind of goes wrong. It's okay to have a holy anger at the sin of the world. It's okay to mourn the lostness of the, of the world and the need of Jesus. But it's not your job to go pound them about it. 
Not your job to shove it down their throat, let them know you're right. Your job is to be a light. A light is a good thing. It shines in the darkness. You share Jesus and who Jesus is. Then the Holy Spirit, by the way, I, I always say this. Look, the Holy Spirit's a big boy. We have a step stool by our water fountain. He don't need it to get a drink, all right? He's a big boy. You're here today as a believer 2,000 years after Jesus because the Holy Spirit's a big boy and he's good at doing his job. He don't need your help in what he's doing. So when the Holy Spirit's a big boy that he's in the world convicting the world of sin and righteousness and judgment, you don't have to convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. You share the gospel and let him do his job. He's doing a good job. You're saved because he's doing a good job. Amen. You have this Bible right here with the testimony of the scripture because he is doing a good job. The church is still standing today, and you will find Christians in every country around this entire world. Why? Because he's doing a good job. Right? We believe in his work. Therefore, we partner with his work, but let him do what he does. Amen. All right, so let's keep reading here. We'll close up in just a couple minutes. Okay, so, verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the spirit of truth comes, there's that spirit of truth. He will guide you in all truth. Again, he's going to guide us and lead us. For he won't speak on his own authority. Again, he's bearing witness to Jesus. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. So, not only is he, he declaring uh, what Jesus has taught and said, but he's going to lead us into the unknown future. Amen. Verse 14. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And all that the Father has is mine, therefore I said he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So you have to see the working of the Godhead right there. So the Holy Spirit is in this world communicating to people in this world through the agent of conviction. And here we are as believers waiting for Jesus to come again. Amen. We believe Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ is coming again. But the whole while is, again, we're not left as orphans, but the Holy Spirit was sent to us and he is here. He is present in our worship. Amen. He's present in every step that we take. Amen. He's with us when we're together. He's with you when you go. If you're saved, he's in you. You're marked with him. The Holy Spirit is with us. We're waiting for God to come again, but God is with us. Is he not? Therefore, again, peace. Don't let your heart be troubled. No matter how the times are, are convulsed and, 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 and all, don't let your heart be troubled. The Holy Spirit's with you. So Galatians, as we started off with last week, Galatians 5, right at the end of the, uh, the listing of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, says, since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit's in the world con uh, convicting, and by the way, that conviction doesn't stop after you're saved. You know that? Right? Do you realize, what does the enemy want to do to a believer? Drag them and draw them back into what? C. 
sin. Right? And the so Holy Spirit is going to do what about that? He's going to convict you. What do you got to do? Listen. Live by the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. Did you realize that the Holy Spirit can bring conviction so much and you can shove it away so much that you almost begin to be at a place that you don't even hear it anymore? You know that? Certain things you may struggle with and you're convicted with and you keep shoving them away. And, 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 but every time you just know, you know, you know, and even in your heart it's calling it out. That's temptation to lead to sin. Call it for what it is. And, but it, you push it down. That conviction is, is and, you, and you get into that sin. And You see what I'm saying? So conviction is working in your life for righteousness as much as conviction is working in the world to bring lost people to salvation. It's worldwide work. So as you're staying in step with the Spirit, be obedient to the Spirit. So when you are convicted about a sin or about something you're about to do or about a way of life or a perception or a thought, whatever it is, be obedient. Because the Holy Spirit that convicts you will then empower you to, what, deal with it and overcome because you haven't been left as an orphan. He doesn't convict you and say, good luck, you're overcoming that. He doesn't convict you and say, hey, just, you just deal with it with your own willpower. No, he empowers us because he's with you. How do you keep in step with the Spirit? By the way, being a person of prayer helps in a big way. Because prayer keeps you in tune with the voice of God, which is the, the voice of the Holy Spirit person of prayer, you know his voice, right? Scriptures are important, right? The, the scriptures that the Spirit has given us through the church. This is a gift of the church by the Holy Spirit right here. The history of the church, we've been given it. We don't mess with it. We don't change it. We, 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 we treasure it. We teach it. We pass it along to the next generation. That, that's how the faith moves along in history, Right? You're a person of the word. So if, if you lead, if, if you read uh, on, on the screen back there, go back to verse 19 of Galatians 5, if you would, please. Now, now the works of the flesh are evident. So, so here's Paul writing, and he's going to list some sin. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, Jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, and divisions, enviness, drunkenness, orgies, and these things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So Paul gives a list of sins. It's not an all-inclusive list of sin, but there's some things that he's dealing with in the Galatian church, in the surrounding culture of the Galatian church. Don't be involved in these things. These are things that drag you back into a life separated from God that you've come out of. So what will the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit will convict you about these things and the like. You're tempted into something. And the Holy Spirit will say, hey, no, that's not of the Christian life. It'll be something you're feeling right here. Amen? So what do you do? You listen. You flee from sin. Because as it says in the Old Testament, it desires to have you. 
but you must master it, right? You flee from sin. Why? The conviction of the Holy Spirit. But if you say, oh, well, well, but I like it. And, and I'm going to involve myself in it because maybe just the next time I'll stop. And I'll listen. And right, right there, you're already shoving the voice of the spirit of truth who's trying to lead you and guide you and remind you of what Jesus says. The spirit of truth, you're, you're pushing him down to fall back into sin that he's trying to convict you to stay out of. Right? But now is it and then, then, then the fruit of the Spirit. We'll, we'll get on these sometime. No, notice it says, but, connector there. So you have the works of the flesh, but here, here's the opposite, but, the fruit of the Spirit, as you, as you know them. Love, joy, peace. So the Holy Spirit is not just convicting you to stay out of sin, and we'll get into this next week, but it's the activity of the Holy Spirit to change you into somebody who won't participate in sin because you come, become a person of love and joy and peace. You think of the fruit of the Spirit are characteristic traits. They are, but they're the growth of your life that's the opposite of participating in sin. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So it goes on to say, against such things there is no law, verse 24, if you would. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Amen. So we're being changed. So if we live by the Spirit, let us walk also by the Spirit. Amen. Keep in step with Him. That's what we do. You haven't been left as an orphan. Stay in step with the Spirit. That Spirit of truth will lead you into life. Amen? All right. Let's pray. A lot to say about the Holy Spirit, obviously. We'll keep on with this next week. Lord, we thank you for sending your Spirit, who is at work in this world to bring those to salvation, to help those who are saved. We thank you that we're not alone. We thank you that, that we're not trying to do this on our own willpower, but the Holy Spirit is empowering us as we keep in step with him. Lord, help us today. I pray the conviction of your spirit is very strong in us. I pray, Lord, for areas of our life where we've shoved it down, that, that, that still small voice is very clear to us in those areas. Lord, help us lead the life of righteousness that you've, you've given us. I pray as a church, as individuals, that we're a light in this world, participating with the redemption of this world as a light to the world. But I pray in each one of us personally, Lord, that, that we're in step with your desires and how to live this life in the midst of, of the society as it stands today. We lean on you, we need you, we live in you, and we love you today, Lord. And we do this all for the glory of Jesus and in the name of Jesus. We all say, amen. Amen. All right, well, thanks for being here today. Next Sunday, we'll keep on the Holy Spirit. By the way, Wednesday night, uh, we're going to keep on a series on the gifts of the Spirit. So be here Wednesday. It's going to be good. So kind of a Holy Spirit month. Be blessed as you go. Bring somebody with you next week. Yes, and kids' church meeting.